As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Hey, this is Nicholas Brendan, a teen girl, and you're listening to Teen Girl Talk. Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. And today we have a guest, a Buffy the Vampire expert, Justine Cook. Hi. <laughs> uh, Justine. And, and, and sp- I mean, my first instinct is to add a list of qualifications to that title you just gave me. Okay, let's hear him. I uh, want to hear him. Also, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> what did I say? Buffy the Vampire. <laughs> I didn't finish? Yes. Fuck. Okay, Justine. Well, I'm not qualified. This is my first time watching Buffy, and I only watched the first three episodes. But Justine, let's hear those qualifications. My, no, my qualifier was, like, I'm not actually an expert. I meant qualifier is true statement, not to, like, list my qualifications. So I, I watched Buffy when it was on TV. Susie, you never watched it when it was on TV when we were growing up? No, I was more of, like, a party of five, like, my so-called life. I was like a very lame teen. Wait, what? This was 98? Yeah, it was like, it, well, honestly, I watched it with Angela. Was really, my sister Angela was really obsessed with it. So she would always have it on, and then that got me into it. Uh-huh. And Emily, actually. Emily was super pro Angel, and Angela was super pro Spike. <laughs> dueling in the house. <laughs> yeah, there were dueling factions in the house. Um, 
and so that's when I was watching it with them. Um, and then, you know, I watched it when I was on Netflix, RIP Netflix, Buffy streaming, and then DVD series. But I'm, I guess I was just saying, since I know people, like, take college classes about Buffy and write, like, DCs about it, you know what I mean? I, I feel like I'm not an expert, but I do love the show. <laughs> Justine, I promise you, people on the internet call them expert, call themselves experts about things with way less background. <laughs> like, I once took a class at Rutgers, yes, I'm calling out Rutgers, where a woman went to a weekend seminar and then was teaching a class about it. And I was like, I feel like there should be more. <laughs> like, I don't know. You would think it would take a little bit more than that. So I think we can safely call you the call you an expert. And I can think, I think we can safely say our podcast has finally passed the Bechtel test. Wait, I think it passed the Bechtel test before. Frank, do you and I only we never talk ha- about men? We ne- <laughs> well, I'm not a girl, though. <laughs> so Sorry. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying. I think of you as a peer. <laughs> Frank just did a little fist bump. Okay, so I guess we should get into it. I have a lot of strong feelings about my, what is it? Faves and raves, raves and faves. How do I? What's an old-timey word for people I like and people I don't like? Disses and misses. Hot or not? Disses and misses is old-timey. <laughs> no, I mean that's why I'm struggling with this. I'm really stumbling. Okay. So, um, okay, Frank, how much have you seen Buffy? Because I know you were a previous fan. I watched straight through the first season. Um, and then, like, did what I normally do when I'm like, I don't have time to, like, watch <laughs> w- watch the full show, so I'm just going to look up what I'm interested in on Wikipedia, and then, like, go to those episodes and just watch those. Because, like, sometimes you don't need to watch the filler episodes. Justine is horribly, horribly offended at this. Well, I just feel like... And I said this to Susie when she was like, oh, we're going to talk about episodes one through three. I was saying how those episodes make me feel a little teary because watching seasons one through seven and seeing how Buffy's character develops, and I mean other characters too, but for some reason I'm just, I'm super drawn towards Buffy, probably because she's, you know, the main character. But just like the journey she goes through, like from a feminist standpoint, just from a human standpoint, I can't imagine skipping episodes. I agree. Super depressive phase. It's this awakening about like her personality and how she can love herself. Like it's so serious. It's real serious. Like when I'm willing to commit to a show, I have to watch all of the episodes. I'm not saying your approach is wrong. I'm just saying I couldn't do it because like, especially when I get engaged in a show, I watch it and then I watch it again and then I try to talk to people about it and they they say I don't watch anything in that obsessive detail and I'm like I can't relate to that feeling <laughs> but like I could see getting that attached to Buffy I think some of the humor in the early episodes doesn't hold up in that it's that kind of like waxing horrific like mall rats type dialogue humor which is not exactly my fave I also know I'm not the age demographic for Buffy to begin Buffy yet <laughs> well we- and like they have all these um, you know 
turns of phrase that they use very specifically. There's actually online a guide of, uh, like, a Buffyverse guide of their slang terms. But, I mean, the humor does deepen, but I totally agree with you. The first three episodes isn't totally uh, indicative of what the, the tone of the show is. Although it's a good introduction. Yeah, because the other thing is, like, who knows how much network intervention there was at that point? Because... You're taking... I don't know how often a movie had been converted into a TV show. I know it happens a ton now. Like, they even turned Dear White People into a series. But I think back then, like, Buffy was sort of a sleeper hit as a movie. And then they turned it into the show. And I found that curious in the first episode where the assumption was that we had seen the movie... They barely gave us, which I haven't, they barely gave us any sort of, like, retread on that. And it was still, like, a pilot episode of a show. Which I didn't mind. I just thought it was interesting, and I don't know how much that would happen now. Because I feel like a lot of shows, especially on mainstream, are written like, our viewers are fucking idiots. So, like, (laughs) we really need to lay everything out. And Buffy gives us a little bit more credit. (laughs) And they do fill you in. In later seasons, they show flashbacks to when she was in L.A., and they, they deepen that, that um, backstory a little bit, but you're totally right. It's like this is supposedly happens a year after the movie or something like that, and you're just thrown right in. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the thing I found most distracting besides how hideous the vampires are <laughs> was that a dude from the guy... Okay, so we can get into the episode, but there's someone who gets turned into a vampire in the first episode, and I was like, or second episode, but he's in the first episode. I was like, that's foot fetish guy from Six Feet Under, (laughs) which is how I will forever know him. I looked at his IMDb. He's been in a ton of stuff, especially television shows, and I'm like, you will forever be foot fetish guy that Claire put a foot in your locker in the first episode. (laughs) Um, I just, like, before we get started, like, you, we're talking about the humor, and my favorite joke for, um, from the first three episodes is they're like, what kind of, uh, what kind, like, one girl's like, what kind of name is Buffy? And this one walks by, and like, hey, Aphrodisia. She's like, oh, hey. That's my favorite joke of the first season. <laughs> that was such a good, like, in the locker room, that's, that was so good, and it's so easy to miss, too. But it was I hilarious. totally missed it. I don't understand. <laughs> Because like, the joke. Because, like, she's making fun of her, her, uh, she's making fun of Buffy's oh, name, and her name okay. is fucking Aphrodisia. I <laughs> thought that was, like, a jo- like a nickname. Like, she was yeah. very sassy. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I agree. That was hilarious the whole time. My also, one of my favorite moments in the first three episodes is actually when Giles and Buffy, so Buffy comes back to the library after finding the dead, dead guy in that girl's locker, Aphrodisia's locker, and <laughs> is, like, you know, finally going into like you know I'm done I don't want to slay vampires I'm over this I don't want to get kicked out of school so they're arguing all about vampires and how they're in the center of mystical energy all this stuff yeah. they leave the library and then Xander comes out from the back of the book stacks and just goes what? <laughs> he's introduced to the mystical is he overhearing an argument between two people who sound absolutely nuts <laughs> um, I am also going to say Giles is my favorite I like I'm so here for all of his snarkiness and the fact that they wrote him to be completely unyielding to people saying like this is crazy and like this is no fun and he's like I love living at the hell map (laughs) I was like I'm glad they went there because they you know just full throttle on Giles being like I my three things are I'm British I love the hell mouth 
and I really want to do a good job as a watcher. And I was like, I find him the most relatable character. <laughs> you know, it's a really good capture of an academic who's so into their subject that they don't realize how creepy they are about being into it. Yeah. You know, something that's so mean or in you, like genocide or something, and they get so pumped up about the subject that regular people are like, dude, chill out, we're talking about genocide. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've lost that sort of... Uh, I don't know, um, timidness about talking about, you know, like, demons. <laughs> like, Zan- I feel like Xander and um, Willow are there to be sort of an audience proxy where they're like, this is crazy! This is totally bananas! Like, um... Uh, one, of, um one of my favorite things, we won't get, get that far in, like, I think it's, like, season five or so, um... Where like something something happens that uh, is this a spoiler? Well, I'm not gonna say what it is, but Giles just pulls off his glasses and like cleans them, and Buffy's like, "Wait a minute, I just realized something. You take off your glasses. Keep hitting the mic. (laughs) You take off your glasses and clean them, so you won't have to see us doing something stupid." He's like, "If you tell anyone, I'll kill you." That's really like, intense. That's really. Like, this is a joke. Like, intense. I did. I didn't handle. I didn't handle. The, like he says it. Like. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just like he says like exasperated. Like not like I'm gonna kill you. Okay. Like he could. I was like don't ruin Giles for me. After I feel like I have like a little bit of PTSD from Pretty Little Liars, where every time I was introduced to a character, where I was like. They seem on the level. They're pretty okay. And then the next episode, they'd be like, JK, this is the worst person you've ever met. <laughs> and I'm like, you took my trust. <laughs> and you betrayed it. Yeah, I need a likable well, character. Giles, Giles is not ruined. He is an excellent... Well, is that a spoiler to say that he's never ruined? No, I don't think so. I think, except for Pretty Little Liars, that's a pretty normal thing in a show. Is yeah. that you get your core... <laughs> competency basically and then people move in and out at the periphery but pretty little liars you cannot i guess it's like game of thrones which I've never trust seen. no men exactly <laughs> where you do not get to form these allegiances because they will kill someone or they will make them terrible and you will kind of wish that they just left <laughs> though this is a spoiler giles has a beautiful singing voice oh my god so good he was an established, like, stage actor and singer-songwriter type person before he was uh, cast as Giles. I feel like that's, like, how they do in Britain. It's like, sure, you can act, but have you graced the stage? <laughs> right. Um, so I guess we should get into the actual plot. Uh, I watched, I, of course, lost my notes on episode one. <laughs> so I will need, like, heavy intervention on the plot synopsis. But, uh, so Buffy goes to the new school, that weird thing happens that happens in Twilight and every other movie where people are like, it's a new person! I can't even deal with this! And my god, she's hot on top of it! Wait, you, you missed, uh, you missed, um, something. <laughs> As always. <laughs> where, and I really like this, cause, like, you have, um, this guy going on a date with, I, he, his his name doesn't matter. He's I was going, shook. I didn't expect this. He's going on a date with this girl named Darla, and she's like, "Should we be like breaking into the school?" And that's what are they are they breaking into the school? Just they're saying? breaking yeah. and entering to yeah. go to the roof. No, they they're going. Yeah, they're gonna go up to the roof. And then uh, he's like, "It'll be fine. It'll be fine." And then, like at some point, he turns around, and she's the vampire. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, nice reversal. I forgot about that reversal. Good job. And, like, the thing I, is... Oh, go ahead, Justine. I was going to say, that's that's. I feel like that was the perfect opening for this whole series because the whole series is turning on that trope of the young girl walks into an alley and she's, like, a damsel in distress instead uh-huh. of being, like, a badass person who's going to, you know, save the day. And so it's the same thing where it's, like, the dude and the girl are in the building and you think, oh, God, she's in trouble. But it's actually he's in trouble. Oh, I definitely thought that. And, like, I... I like that the vampires can, like, change back and forth, but I feel like that lady vampire hardly ever changed back and was always in her demon form. And I was just listening to Cool Games Inc., um, a podcast, like, through uh, Polygon, and they were, like, talking about whether there are any unsexy vampires, and I wanted to be, like, Buffy. The, none of the vampires are sexy. It sucks. Every other... True Blood, they're super sexy. Twilight, they're attractive. I wouldn't say they're sexy. Mar- eh, marginally. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn, a Selma Hayek vampire, we get no good-looking vampires. They all look like <laughs> demons and nightmares. <laughs> hey, from Dust Till Dawn, doesn't Selma Hayek turn into some, like, monster snake gross demon thing at the end? Maybe, but she's Selma Hayek for the majority of the movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, like... Buffy uses the same exact tool. For, like, Spike, for example, he's a vampire, but he is mostly in his gorgeous form, except for certain moments where he's got to, like, show his de- demonic side. And but, same thing with... Uh, I don't find Angel attractive, but he also is, like... Uh, I'm sorry, you interrupted. Well, you... I, <laughs> No, no, I was, I was just gonna, I was just gonna continue that thought, but I think Susie's take. It's just that they use it. I did feel like when I watched the show that they use it conveniently, where some vampires, for whatever reason, are always showing their demonic form, even though Giles said like you can't spot them except when they're about to feed, and yet they still do that. For example, Luke, who's in the first episode, you know, the the master's right hand man. He's oh. always in the bumpy form. I, versus other vampires, they don't. It doesn't seem like a hard and fast rule. I, I think it's based more on how deep in one world you are compared to the other. Like yeah, Luke barely ever left the cave, so like, why would I bother looking like a human? And like Darla was just like this kind. Like Darla's kind of a wild child, where she's just like, like I need to be. Let me like. You sound like a pop out. <laughs> <laughs> like where she's just like. She's a real hot ticket. <laughs> I need I need to look good to bring people in. So that's why she was constantly like wearing what approximated like a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Like I I don't remember. I felt like she was wearing a business suit on. Well yeah, I mean it's like, like a car it's like a card. <laughs> yeah. Like and then like so there's like when it's time to get to business, like it's like whoop, vamp up. Yeah. Actually, that makes sense, because the master, he looks different than all of them. You know, he's got that pale, super bumpy look, and what Buffy calls later, fruit punch mouth. And <laughs> in the last season, there's this, uh, I guess I won't, I mean, there's a vampires. So it makes sense, like, how far you're in the world, because they introduce a new type of vampire in the last season that is like more similar to the master type um, than like Angel or Darla. Like a Nosferatu. That's what I kept thinking when I looked at him. I was like, he's a total Nosferatu. Yeah. I did not like him at all. Or his fingernails. Or his obsession with young flesh. Didn't like that either. (laughs) 
just love how his he holds his hands folded like the, like a like a puppy dog asking. Yeah. Do, you, do you notice like he always has his hands folded over very gracefully in front of his belt, his leather outfit. But he's like, just just he looks so like uh, I don't. He's unassuming for a Nosferatu. <laughs> If that's possible, if that's not a, a contradiction in terms. But, so, how do we... Okay. So, does Buffy realize when the... I'm trying to remember, when the guy first gets eaten, or is it when the dead body shows up? Okay, so, Buffy is... Um, guy gets killed. Meanwhile, Buffy's asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she's having dreams. I'm sorry? Having the prophetic nightmares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's having nightmares, and she wakes oh, up. Oh, right, because Giles, like, you haven't been having the dreams, have you? And she's like, ruh row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then she's like, well, time to go to school. And <laughs> hanging out with her single mom, Joyce. Um, Who proved herself to be kind of a bad mom in the third episode. I was just like, God, Joyce, you lost the thread a while ago. She, Holy crap, yeah. Is she continued to be a bad mom throughout the series? She does not, but she, like, definitely has this, they have, and this is something in the whole Buffy series, there's this theme of, like, clueless parents who don't really connect with, react, like, what's going on in their child's life, which I think it's supposed to be accurate, a reflection of how teenagers feel about their parents. Yeah. It's kind of, like, they're a little bit checked out, a little bit selfish, I would say. Yeah. And, but the relationship with her mom, at least, does deepen. Okay. Like, Oh, no, you do meet Xander's parents later. I forgot. But, yeah, it's it's interesting how they deal with parents. Aren't Xander... Never mind. That's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> just the whole series. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Willow talks about her mom picking out her outfit at, when Cordelia's, like, kind of shitting on her in the first episode. <clears throat> and, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like... I don't know. Willow seemed pretty well adjusted for being bullied so mercilessly by Cordelia. And I feel like eventually, in the vague stuff I picked up from, like, being around Buffy, the the show Buffy, I thought that Cordelia becomes an ally. She does. She seems pretty awful. Cordelia. I love her. They made her so one-sided in these first episodes where you're just like, ugh. Well, she's where she's hilarious. like, what's up? I think she's hilarious. Because she's like, I love men and money. <laughs> End of personality. <laughs> oh, and I'm really mean. <laughs> For like no reason. Well, I, I think, um, well, Willow is uh, one of my favorite characters. Um, and I like Willow's tiny revenges against Cordelia. Like, in the, um, I think it's in the third, second episode, where they're like, how do we, like, run this program? And then she's like, oh, it's the deliver key. Or, like, how do we save it? It's like, it's the deliver key. She's like, oh, thanks. And hits delete, and just the whole thing disappears. Oh, I didn't catch that joke. I was just like, because then the girl said some other prompt. I don't know, someone else did all my homework in my programming class. <laughs> I was like, ugh, this joke feels over my head. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's continue. And Xander did have capital N, capital nice guy tendencies. He, he, gets, he gets better. He gets way better. <laughs> but he also... Oh, okay, so I have an interesting... I have interesting... For myself, I'm sure not interesting to anyone else, but interesting <laughs> feelings about Xander because 
I feel like he has nice guy tendencies. Uh-huh. I feel like he also, towards the end of the series, almost totally erases those tendencies. But I get really pissed with him sometimes and how he deals with Buffy and her love life. He's super judgmental. He is a super judgmental friend. Um, that feels like a nice guy thing. Like, why would you date this guy when I'm available? Well, he gets, well, at least they say he gets over. There always does seem to be something between him and her. But, yeah, he, he, he definitely, like, there's some shaming involved with Buffy's choices about dudes later in the series that just get under my skin. But at the same time, he, like, plays a huge part in, in like, gluing them together and taking care of them emotionally. Mm. There's, um, I think what I, I mean, I like, I like, I feel like Nicholas Brandon is a very charismatic actor, um, and I do see the problems in uh, Xander, but like I, I also just love the Xander archetype, where he's like, I'm the, norm- the normal dude amongst all these people with magic powers, yet I'm still holding my own. Not like fighting, but I have other talents that I can use. I would say that there are points where him and Willow are kind of fearless. Like, Well, well I mean, like, there he does take kind of a leadership role later in the series. Um, well, I'm saying even in yeah. these first three episodes, like, when they run in after... I mean, I don't think we're going to do the plot of all three episodes. <laughs> we're kind of hitting it buckshot. But, like, so when there's a witch in episode three and... Um, they don't realize that all of the bad stuff has kind of been undone. They run into the room kind of bravely, I'll say. Um, yeah, and foolhardy. I mean, he's, he's like super foolhardy. Yeah. Like that, that is definitely, but in a good way. You know, brave, sure. Yeah. And, like, I think that's nice that they're um, sort of all in, even though they have no defenses or, like, yeah. abilities to fix things. And... I did feel like Willow's hacking stuff was, like, a little shoehorned in, I guess, to give her a role. Um, because, like, they'd be like, this has to happen. And she'd be like, that's a job for Willow's hacking. And I'm like, that's not, that doesn't feel natural. <laughs> I do feel like the first three episodes are really, so they're setting up, okay, Buffy is, like, a, you know, she likes to have fun. She likes to party. She likes to talk to dudes. But she's super serious about her sling job. Like, yeah. you can see when she finds out that Jesse has been taken when she's like looking around the the graveyard and then later when she's like it's my responsibility I'll find it they show that really super serious part of her uh-huh. and also establishing like Giles relationship towards her and then basically the, the base Scooby gang like Willow and yeah. and Xander and how they're going to chip in towards battling evil in the Hellmouth yeah, and I, like, I cannot overstate how much I love that it's called the Hellmouth. <laughs> like, and that everyone uses it as if it's a completely normal name for a location. <laughs> like, Giles in the third episode says, it's just part of living in the Hellmouth. And I'm like, is this, like, the catchphrase of the show? Because this is bizarre. <laughs> It's also pretty funny. The second episode, they also establish how nobody else living on the Hellmouth will ever recognize what's actually happening. So after that scene at the Bronze, we were like, nothing's ever going to be the same. And then they go to school the next day, and everyone's just like, oh, I think they were a biker gang. They were talking yeah. about the vampires. They were really ugly. Um, <laughs> I feel it's like just, nobody's treating it like anything happened. I feel like sci-fi shows take one of two tacks, where, like... 
everyone's going out of their way to hide, like, whatever supernatural stuff is happening. Or it's, like, in Power Rangers, where the heroes are, like, weirdly revered, even though the, um... Their battles have destroyed most of the city. Yoshi, come on! <laughs> it was kind of like you guys put like a tapestry over the camera. <laughs> Just my cat stepping on all the computer buttons. <laughs> there are like points in my life where I really do feel like a Kathy cartoon. And like I got home last night, and as I get out of the shower at like 11:30, so I'm like tired. There's like a hissing fight happening in the middle of the living room, and I'm like, I don't, I was in a towel so I didn't want to like come into the actual living room because you can see in through my window so I'm like throwing things yelling stop stop and I was like oh my god this is such a stupid situation <laughs> I hope my neighbors cannot hear this because this is so embarrassing at so many levels okay um we have to break up chicken fights all the time outside <laughs> <laughs> just seeing as uh backyard chickens which I am obsessed with like I they're so cute <laughs> very mean to each other <laughs> and uh, one of them was kind of mean to me I felt bullied <laughs> <laughs> I was getting uh, kind of like pushed around the, the chicken Is it, it's not a pen is it is that how you refer to it yeah you could call it a, sure yeah a chicken yard I don't know chicken enclosure I was in the chicken enclosure <laughs> it's a electric fence enclosure yeah. <laughs> also, like I was lowest on the pecking order. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, being bullied by the chicken beta because I am very clearly the human beta. <laughs> Apparently, you and I have uh, another thing uh, in common. Are you also a human beta? Well, I so I used to go to work like um, at a pharmacy that I used to take back roads to get to, and I'm talking like. There's farms on either side, back roads. Um, and I just so happened to see, like, there's a bunch of turkeys in the middle of the road. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, run over these turkeys. Like, this job isn't worth, like, killing something to get to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have lives in my hands. <laughs> so I just start creeping forward, and the turkey's just like, whatever, just gobble, gobble, we're going to do our thing. So... I'm like, okay, I honk the horn. They still don't do anything. Um, <laughs> so, so... Turkey story, take three. <laughs> My neighbors are currently burning food. <laughs> so three of, the, three of the turkeys run away. And then, like, <laughs> one of, like, I think the three female turkeys ran away, but the male turkey was just like, you stepping? You stepping? So he runs around, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, like, I run away. <laughs> he nips the back of my ankle. <laughs> I jump back in the car. You're a donk as it, like, hits my car door. But I'm like, well, path is clear. So I gun it away from the turkeys. <laughs> He shakes his tiny, like, claw fist at you. <laughs> that was like a turkey noise. No, it wasn't. How did we get so far? Okay, where were we? You were talking about the cats. No, I before that, when we were still talking about Buffy. This has been, like, our animal interlude. Uh... 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. We were talking about Giles talking about how pumped he is to love the hell mouth. Okay, yeah. So the first episode is basically like our intro to everything happening and there it ends on a cliffhanger because Buffy goes there's like a lot of them at this like shitty teen club that we never see again. But What's the bronze it is like a, another character in oh oh never see again in the in the first three yeah. episodes. Is it like the Peach Pit in um Yes, it is. It is <laughs> like the Peach Pit. <laughs> That's amazing. Um so Buffy figures out that some uh I guess Willow has been taken by, or, like, oh. charmed by a gross vampire in a horrible Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, that, like, he's, got, uh, Giles is there, and he's like, you need to, like, focus and envision what the, and, and hone your senses to find the vampire. She's like, there he is. He's like, how, how did you do that so quickly? He's like, look at his horrible outfit. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, do you have eyes? And so then she accidentally almost attacks Cordelia because Cordelia is like in an alley. Why was Cordelia in the alley? She's coming out of the bathroom that was in a hallway. Oh, <laughs> she was pissing in the alley. <laughs> no, she's coming out of the bathroom <laughs> in the hallway in the back of the bronze. And funny moment when she was like, excuse me, I have to go call everybody that I've ever met. <laughs> I did like that. Because <laughs> I was like. Her attitude. I find that relatable. <laughs> I'd be like, you'll never believe what happened like 10 yeah, minutes ago. Exactly. Um, I nearly got stabbed with a wooden stake. 
You would embellish, Frank. My God. This is why I'm always telling you to pay me a visual paint, a picture, and you're always like, a thing happened. And I'm like, I need more. I need to feel like I'm there. Well, apparently, fate does not want me telling interesting stories about turkeys, so. Well, uh, Frank, I'm sorry. I apologize for my neighbor's lack of cooking prowess and them setting off the fire alarm three consecutive times. <laughs> it is out of my control. Um, so, uh... If we had a recording booth, <laughs> this wouldn't be an issue. Again with the recording booth. <laughs> what? Again so with the So picking up, picking up, she almost attacks Cordelia. <laughs> now it just seems the one serious. So I like it. It's good. Um, so then they end up in a mausoleum? Yeah. yeah. Because Buffy, how does Buffy figure out they're there? Um, they don't t- say. Um, they're just like looking around. I think maybe she just assumes like cemetery, cemetery. Like she knows those vampires are goths. Yeah, she's she like, probably heard them. They were like the door was open. They were fighting. Like when Jesse got thrown in, Willow yelled Jesse. So I'm sure if you're walking through a graveyard in the dead of night, you could hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I know that Buffy has heightened strength. Does she have heightened hearing? I think so. Oh, she has heightened senses. I would say, yeah. In general, it's not like she's got super hearing, but she definitely like there are training episodes in the future where she's blindfolded and able to deflect things with hearing. My gosh, do I love a training montage? Oh, there's many <laughs> training montages. Very good. I approve. I heartily approve. So then she she kills somebody with a rocket launcher in one episode. It's amazing. <laughs> That made it on your Wikipedia greatest hits. You're like, rocket launcher app. Well, I mean... Just... No, that was a really important episode. It was a super important episode. Yeah, like... And... Not one of Frank's dubbed filler apps. Like... I understand, like, I understand the approach because Buffy does have... They've got, like, the creature of the week type episodes and they have overarching story episodes. So I can see... I could see, like, tuning it. It was similar to the X-Files in that way. You I know was... what I mean? Like, where it's, like... A week, like the swim team were finding their shedded skin on the floor. What's going on? And the witch one was an example of that too. I feel exactly the same way, but I, about the X-Files comparison, I was going to say those were my favorite episodes of the X-Files because I found that overarching plot so confusing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, a little convoluted. Because I was always like, the black goo and the government. And then when they tied in the bees with the movie, I was like, I'm going to tap out. What was the bees thing? Bob and I were watching it on Netflix. We were trying to stream, and then he, like, David Duchovny, or Mulder goes to this this place with all these bees. Were they bee farming or something? They were apiculture something? I, I don't know. I got really confused. I, I think there was some kind of disease in the bee stings or something. <laughs> disease in the bees. <laughs> bees or bees? <laughs> Disease bees. I mean, I I saw this. I didn't bother watching the miniseries after I saw the um, second movie, which was just like it was like a creature of the week type thing. Where like I remember everybody being like, "Oh, I'm so pumped for the second X Files movie. We're finally gonna get to see the alien invasion. It's gonna be great." And it's just like, nope. There's like this pedophile who can see the future or something, and we're just gonna run with this. I'm like, this is like. Like, this is just, like, who, who, Chris Carter did the X-Files. It's just like, Chris, yeah. here's the ball. And he's just like, what? I don't even have hands anymore. <laughs> and just goes over his head. I I guess it's very complicated. Just, like, the, drop the ball harder, please. Like, 
<laughs> you had a money. You had Hollywood money <laughs> to drop the ball. You'd have to catch the ball. So it's a whiff. Like let's say, like he whiffed it. <laughs> yes, he completely whiffed it. <laughs> um, Buffy never had another movie, right? No. Yeah. Was, I feel like that'd be a neat follow up. It still has comics. Like they're they're in their tenth series of com- like. There's a whole. There, well, there's the Joss Whedon approved Buffy verse where they're they keep going, and then there's so many offshoots from super fans. Ooh, lots of fanfic. I'm surprised Frank didn't look up the fanfic. That would I would be so interested to see a tree of like. What are the branches of Buffy fanfic? Love. I'm not talking about the slash. I'm talking about crossovers. I know you were gonna <laughs> say the slash, and I don't. I don't even want to know. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. If they sully my Giles. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, there's a great episode where there's candy, bewitched candy introduced, and all the um, parents start acting like teenagers, and Giles, yeah. Was he a rowdy boy? He was a rowdy boy. (laughs) (laughs) His old nickname was The Ripper, just to give you, like, this whole, Giles becomes a very great character. Like, the first couple episodes I was watching, I was slightly, I was like, wow, bumbling academic kind of persona, except they really deepen it into a funny way and also, like, a heartfelt way, um, his character in the series. It's great. Yeah. So, on, um... On fanfiction.net, in the crossovers category, um, there are 7,918 different Buffy crossover fanfictions. Um, That's insane. Most, the highest number of crossovers are with Harry Potter, Supernatural, and in third place, for some reason, Angel. Oh, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, because why would you even need to do a crossover at that point? That was that was kind. Oh. I'm sorry. No, you go. Uh, that's that's the kind of cool thing though. Is that like Angel and Buffy did crossover a bunch? They did, yeah. But he originated in the show. I know. How does that count as a crossover? I know, no, no. But I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. Like you'd have to watch both episodes to kind of get the full story of stuff that happened. That's very smart marketing. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. But, like, yeah, no. I, d- I didn't watch Angel, though. I just, it would just be like, yeah, I went to go see Angel. It was I needed it. And I was kind of like, well, too bad I didn't see that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were pretty anti-Angel, if I remember correctly. Um, I just never, I never watched it when I was growing up. And then... Netflix, I just didn't, I just didn't, that's all. I wasn't anti, because they, I mean, Cordelia went over to that cast. I love Cordelia. Um, And there's another watcher that gets introduced later in Buffy. He's a big part of that cast. He's actually Allison Hannigan's husband. Oh. Yeah. I Um, meant, like, the character. I thought you didn't like the character. Oh, Angel? Yeah. I like it better when they treat him comically. When they treat him like a tortured hero or when he tries to do an Irish accent. What? Backstory. <laughs> he's from Ireland. And, like, they do flashbacks in Buffy where he's doing the accent. And it's painful for me to watch. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> so I really prefer when it's more, like, when he's more comedic. Because I think he's a good comedic actor. But I'm I'm 100% pro Spike. Although I do understand, like, the Angel and Buffy are soulmates. I do think. Yeah. To take this entirely too seriously, but 
that's all we do here. <laughs> is get overly invested in fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. It's kind I, of our I scenes. actually had an argument with poor, not our, a one-sided argument with poor Bob who just listened about my feelings of Angel, Spike, and Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good partner. Someone who's there to receive yeah. that. <laughs> Here's my treatise on this love triangle. <laughs> Wait, was she involved with Spike? Yes. Ooh. Um, and from, uh, I have a friend who's met James Marsters on a few occasions. Nice With guy. With that Spike? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of bummed we're not doing the second season, because this is the only season where Spike doesn't appear. Maybe we'll revisit it. Yeah. I would have to, I would be interested in doing, like, the first three episodes of the second season, not necessarily, how many episodes is the first season? Like 24. It's only, like, Oh, no, I thought it was a... Re- oh, maybe. I thought it was reduced for some reason. Uh, well, you, you, I think, you, actually, you might be right. Here, I'll check. It was like a mid-season replacement, so I thought the first season was something like 14 episodes and the rest of them are 22 episodes. Yeah, because I wouldn't be interested in doing... Like, we're going to do the first six of Buffy, but doing, like, all 24, but I think hitting yeah. it at different oh. points would be interesting. I'm sorry, Justine, you're right. It's 12. So maybe you guys should do a separate Buffy podcast. I think that might actually exist. I think someone just started watching it. One of the McElroys. <laughs> Travis, maybe? Mm. Um, but also, I don't know. I have a hard time, like, doing follow-through like that, except for, like, the four shows I've watched through a million times. There are, <laughs> and none of them are teen girl territory. There are several Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcasts. Oh, man. Maybe I need to watch them, but I need to see, I need to be able to talk to people who do podcasts. It's so annoying for me to listen to the podcast and not be able to interact <laughs> with people. <laughs> yeah, Justine told, uh, was saying that, what was the issue? I, oh. I was cleaning the kitchen and listening to the podcast. Oh, it was, was it the 10 Things I Hate About You episode? I think you guys were mentioning God Help the Girl, and I was just like, I was, Oh, I forget. Well, I don't remember the exact thing, but I remember being like, that's not why she whatever. And like that kind of type of stuff. <laughs> and Bob was like trying to watch a video. And he's like, could you stop talking out loud? Because he couldn't hear what I was responding to, but I was responding to the podcast. <laughs> you must have been disagreeing with Frank because I didn't remember the plot of that movie at all. <laughs> I was like, I saw it. Who knows? We're, we're, we're wrong a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, was th- I don't know that you were actually wrong, but maybe I disagreed with something. <laughs> well, no, because like when I'm editing these, I'll like be listening back to them, and I just be like, "Oh, we got that wrong." I might, <laughs> I might make a wrong of like compilation episode, like all the oh, times we were wrong. And just a reminder to the listeners: if we have got something wrong, you can yell at Frank at realteengirltalk at gmail.com. Again, I do not check that email. Frank will tell me that it happened, but. Well, if you Feel free to address it, Frank, <laughs> nay, Susie. <laughs> if you have a question or complaint, please throw it at us at that at Real Teen Girl Talk. At Specifically at Frank. <laughs> Don't like your voice. <laughs> I feel like that complaint would be levied at me, though. <laughs> My very high voice. Okay, so I think we basically did episode one. Episode two... It's just resolving episode one. Basically, but they pick up... I was like, when it ended at Cliffhanger, I was like, what? Because, <laughs> so, yeah. like, I, Avi, I know that the vampire doesn't kill her because there's seven more seasons, but I was just like, <laughs> how dare you? 
<laughs> I mean, that's the thing where you name your character, like you name your show after a character on that show. It's like if that person wants to leave, you're kind of fucked. I know, but like, that's <laughs> like, true. Like it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She dies in the first episode. Buffy the Vampire Slayer in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, when when B. Arthur wanted to leave, they did the spin off The Golden Palace, so you could owe it, which did not succeed. I was gonna say, who watched that? <laughs> uh, you could, I did watch a few episodes. <laughs> if you guys couldn't um, hear, Frank pointed at Justine. I was not gonna make such an accusation. <laughs> you know, Mitch Horowitz, the dude from Arrested Development, was a producer on that. No, weird. And I, Golden Girls. I have to wonder why people thought that spinoff was going to work. They're doing a Big Bang spinoff this fall. I know. Why? Why? <laughs> She's no yelling. Uh, the, um, who's the main guy? The Jim Parsons guy. Oh, I did see that. They're making. But him as a child, which seems so weird. It just. It's the I mean, worst. Money opportunity, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, yes, Justine. <laughs> Overwhelmingly, but I think we're only talking about, like, the creative. <laughs> oh, do I you, see. Do you think Mom's going to watch it? Oh, Mom does love that show. I don't think so. Because the child, like... Or did Mom's love of Rachel Maddow replace her love of the Big Bang Theory? That's <laughs> well, she There can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> and those are quite disparate. <laughs> she doesn't watch a lot of TV. Like she watches more just it's like one show and cat videos. I don't understand why we can't talk about Buffy, a show we all liked, and we're now talking about Rachel Maddow versus Big Bang Theory. We have lost the plot. <laughs> Someone I, else okay. do the plot synopsis. <laughs> okay, so second episode, it Buffy's like, I'm gonna find Jesse. Willow's like, I'll hack through the system to find the sewer, or the city planning to find the sewer systems. They're like, we don't have enough time. And then she was like, time? Um, how did Luke even get there? And that's when she realized that the vampire entrance into the sewer system is in the mausoleum. Bum bum. So, yeah. So she goes to um, the sewer system. This is another example of Xander's bravery. He, vol- he shows up against her wishes to help her. Mm-hmm. And... They find Jesse chained in the sewer as bait for Also them. known as Foot Fetish um, Guy from Six Feet Under. <laughs> right, that guy. Um, and then it turns out they have already turned him as a vampire. It was a trap. Um, and Xander and Buffy escape. Uh, they find out that this whole thing is about this whole, like, gathering of of sacrifices has to do with the harvest angel tells buffy basically in a cryptic fashion that um in his velvet coat that it's <laughs> going to happen his, his wardrobe is terrible like she was making fun of that one vampire for his 70s wardrobe i was like excuse me you were just talking saying that somebody was gorgeous who's wearing a crushed velvet blazer i mean i support that decision but <laughs> i love clothes made of velvet Right. Well, so they find out about the harvest. They know what's happening at the bronze. And Buffy does her kick-ass, you know, coming. uh, She flips down from the, the stage. And one thing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I love about her fighting skills in the show is they always show her like using materials around her, like breaking off the leg of a chair or taking mm-hmm. the, the symbol from the drum kit and throwing it through the, the glass window. Um, so it's not always just a stake. And she used the symbol to decapitate that... Uh, that one vampire that was cool. Um, I thought it was weird that everyone was just stand. I get that a vampire is scary, but at the same time, it seems like no one stopped him from standing on the stage of the club and just feeding on people in like a really performative way where he's like, and now you, and now you. And I was like, no one's going to do anything. No one called the police, nothing. And we're just going to watch this. this no is- cell phones. Vampires locked down the bronze. They killed the security guard in the first as the first uh, death. I understand that, but there's not a landline anywhere. I get that it was the late nineties. Yeah, you had to pay no, money I mean, for phone calls. Oh my god, Frank! <laughs> no one has changed. <laughs> you have to have a suspension of disbelief. Fine. <laughs> have a suspension of disbelief. They were numb with fear over these bumpy-looking bikers who came in and are biting people's necks. I probably would have been screaming most of it, though. I know that wouldn't have been great ADR, but I just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> probably would have been distracting. But how could you not? He was draining the life out of people for the Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know that. <laughs> well, they must have figured something was up. Um, yeah. Like. Also, I liked the witch episode, the third episode. I liked that. I've heard, like... I miss the twist again. Like, Buffy keeps swerving on me, and I'm like, oh, man, didn't see that coming. It was a good twist. It was a good twist. Okay, um, I'm just, we're, like, running long on time, so I'm just going to summarize it real quick. Um, Buffy's trying out for the cheerleading squad, and bad stuff keeps happening to the cheerleaders. One's hands get lit on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cordelia goes blind. Um... Oh, there was a discussion of people who, um, not self-emulate, oh, spontaneous combustion. I read a book about that last year. It's, they think that it has something to do with, like, because it has happened. Um, it's really cool. You should look it up. Like, with the, like, brain energy. They were talking about, like, brain energy as being, like, very parallel with, like, a sort of, like, a spiritual connection. I wish I had remembered that book. Well, I'll tell Bob to stop making fun of me for using crystals as deodorant. <laughs> brain energy can set yourself on fire. So well, that's what Giles says. He's like, science can't explain it. And so, like, when they're like, it's a witch doing spells, I was like, she really wants to be on the cheerleading team. Um, one of my favorite things though, she about... She basically is a stage mom. One of, um, You've cat hair in your beard. Yep. One of those... <laughs> one of my favorite things about that episode is that Cordelia's like, I can't see... Hit the gas. 
Like, you're being threatened to fail driver's ed, but still, you wouldn't get behind the wheel. You just wouldn't. Yeah, because wasn't she supposed to be possessed? Barreling down the street, like, not making any any attempts to stop when there's a young woman in the middle of the road. And then Cordelia didn't move, but I thought she was possessed. No, she was blinded. Oh. That's why when you look at her eyes, they're all white. But still, you would think she would move. She didn't, she wasn't deaf. Or just, or just hit that brake. No, but I'm saying when she was standing Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. <laughs> Driver's ed cars have brakes on the passenger right. side. It's true. You're right. That is a major plot hole. Good catch, Frank. <laughs> uh, Put it in the, um, the IMDb goof-em-ups or whatever they call it. <laughs> Although, I guess one could argue that maybe, no, never mind. Because um, the witch didn't have power over the driver's ed car. She only had power over Cordelia. <laughs> she possessed the car. I mean, she, like, she did Barbie voodoo. That's basically what she did. It was like she had Barbie dolls, and for Cordelia's, she wrapped she wrapped something around her eyes. It looked like a scrunchie. Was papered over. She put something over her mouth. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and, like, when they revealed that the mom had switched places with the daughter that I can't remember the name of. Amy. I, like, I was thinking back, and I was like, Oh, there were, like, lines that led to that. When Amy's like, I had to lose weight. Like, basically, like, I didn't have a choice. Just like, does she have cancer or something? (laughs) And then um, when she says, I can't get my body to move like hers, I was like, that's real weird. You weren't alive. How did you know how your mom's body moved? (laughs) And I was like, oh, because it is her mom and her body. (laughs) I I also really like the episode, or not the episode, the part um, where... Amy come like you first see the mom and she's like, ah, another productive day sitting on the couch. And I was like, that's such a shitty mom thing to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and when the weird part where she throws the backpack at her and goes, I have to write a history report. So at that point I thought she had her mom under some sort of thrall. And then it's like, but Willow was friends with Amy. So that means that she used to be sweet and then, is there anything more upsetting than an adult who is obsessed with their high school glory? <laughs> like, that was the yeah. only time I found Buffy's mom relatable when she was like, my God, I would never be 16 again. <laughs> I was like, same. <laughs> also, did you notice the, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch reference? I liked that, too. She's our Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. I got very nervous when that axe got introduced into the mix. <laughs> I was just like, oh no, I don't want to see anyone's head chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of the four of the five main four, four, four out of the five people in that room are the main characters. I think we're pretty safe. I thought Amy's so, head was gonna get chopped off. I liked Amy. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting though that they brought the mom in the room with them while doing the body switch spell break. I was kind of like, you're basically putting yourself in danger by ha- you should have locked her in a cage somewhere. When I say in a cage, I'm talking about in the library, they have like a holding area where they hold people sometimes when they need to. <laughs> you would think that they would have put her away from them if they were going to switch Amy back into that, or her, you know, switch Amy and the mom's bodies back. They're pretty they inexperienced. Like, I'll give them the pass on that because I didn't think about that. This is only their second, like, this is only their second crisis. It's true. And, like, Giles, while he wants so badly to be good at this, is not necessarily as much of a seasoned pro as they need. So. Oh, yeah. Wait till you see the episodes where they talk about him being the Ripper. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm here for that. He did say, he did say something like that was my first time casting. Something like that. 
which is interesting because in subsequent, I think it's the next season, you get all this backstory about him and his friend Ethan Rain, who's a warlock and stuff. Cool. I was just thinking about how awesome it would be if Giles was like a dude witch. I think I might have a crush on Giles. Is that weird? No. Like, it's not weird at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you for validating me. <laughs> Especially now, like, teenage Susie having a crush on Giles, that'd be kind of weird. But I feel like, like it would have happened, though. <laughs> 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 like, I just had, you know, because, like, at the time I had a crush on John Stewart, I was, like, 18, and he was, like, 36, 37. So, like, <laughs> it's he, not out of the realm of possibility. Because Giles is supposed to be, like, 40s, 50s? I don't think he's no. 50. I would say late 30s. Yeah. Okay. So still age inappropriate for teenage me. Now age yeah. appropriate for me. But now he's like, what, like 55 or something. So. Quit. Um, oh, and what I really love, um, on an episode of Doctor Who, he plays the evil, like, principal when the doctor goes to his school. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just needed you to see my eyes but he, roll. <laughs> but, like, he plays he plays evil really cool. Okay, like, really well. I will need you to send me the season and episode number. <laughs> in the way that I loved David Tennant's role in Fright Night. Oh. Yes. Oh. I thought you were going to say his turn as evil in Jessica Jones. Also, so, like, David Tennant evil is amazing because he looks like such a good boy. And then when he's evil, I'm like, okay, this is amazing. Yeah. He was such a good villain. He really was because he's so charming. Like, he exudes charm. So when he's being evil, I'm like, oh, God, I feel, like, kind of weird about thinking how awesome this is. But at the same time, it is awesome. I like feeling conflicted. on multiple levels. Yes. Because he's, like, a bad dude. What's his name? Um, Mr. Purple? No. uh, Dr. Doom. uh, Kurt. What was it? Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Kilgrave, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they make fun of his name, which is amazing. Oh, (laughs) so SDCC is going on during this recording. Um, For those not nerdy enough, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, For the uninitiated. (laughs) And they played a new trailer for the Defenders. Um... And what I'm pumped about that is... Please explain what the Defenders are. Okay, sorry. Um, It's, like, the street-level heroes on the Netflix shows. Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. Yay! All teaming up to save New York City. And what I like about it is that, like... Because if you've seen Iron Fist, he's just this white guy who's who basically, like, I want a vacation, now I'm all mystical and shit. He... Iron Fist is terrible. Everyone hates Iron Fist. There's a lot of pushback on Iron Fist. It's just cultural appropriation. It's just the worst. Like, this guy's, like, wandering around talking about fucking, like, chi and, like, all these other things, and which are legit things, but it's just, like, it's just cultural appropriation. Why was he not just Asian-American? Like, whatever. Um, so, but, it, but it, he, then... Where did he go to vacation? Hedonism, probably. Um... <laughs> Con- <laughs> he went to a fake Marvel place, Conlon. Oh. Um, and like, they like in the trailer, like Daryl's like, "What a glowy thing you do with your fists!" And he's like, "It's called chi." And they cut to Luke Cage rolling his eyes. Yeah. And then Jessica Jones like, "It's not." <laughs> I was like, "I am here for this. I'm here for people calling out Iron Fist on his dumb bullshit." Oh my god! Imagine having to be that actor though, where like. Your series is the only one that's not critically revered, and then Marvel writes into the actual, like, follow-up that people just fucking hate you. (laughs) I'd be like, it's a paycheck, but it's also very bad for my (laughs) self-esteem. 
<laughs> but, okay, so uh, I guess we'll just do round robin. Uh, would you recommend it? Which is not going to be shocking. Yes, I would recommend Buffy. I love that it's kind of a time warp. <laughs> so close that. I'm so glad we're gone. But I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar is great. I'm glad I got to see her in this and not just I know what you did last summer, Cruel Intentions. <sighs> and I now have a new crush on Giles. Justine? Yes, I would recommend it. <laughs> no further elaboration on that? No. It was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Frank? Yeah, 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 go on. I would highly recommend it, especially given the way... Like, this series... Like, there's a bunch of series I loved, or... Like, I wanted to watch Lost, and I saw Lost ended, and that, like, was terrible. Battlestar Galactica I love, but did not end well. You don't love a smoke monster? Um, and, but Buffy ends on such a good note that... So good. Yeah, like, uh, do, you, do you guys mind if I, or, like, Susan, do you mind if I talk about the ending? I don't, but, like... Do we do that? I guess. Okay. I think you you could talk about the ending without like you could talk about the tone of the ending. Like the, I feel like okay. you know, for me when I was talking trying to sell Bob on this show, I feel like it's like quippy, funny, warm, getting a little darker, getting a little bit more depressed. Like each season I felt like became darker, more depressed. You start going from these supernatural villains to like battling internal demons type themes and then the ending was like a bittersweet hopeful for me that's how I felt it was mm-hmm. it was bittersweet and yet very hopeful and and there's light there yeah like I, I feel like it's bitter for me it's bittersweet that the series is ending but for me it felt like the end of the original 1970s Superman movie where at the end um, of that like Superman's flying through space and he's just soaring, and then he looks at the camera and winks, and then just flies away, and you're like, oh, like, he sees me, and he's winking at me, he's got my back, that's awesome. Where, like, that, that's how I feel at the end of Buffy, because the end of Buffy is just Sarah Michelle Gellar smiling, and just being like, alright, let's get some shit done. Like, yeah, she has her life back. She has a, you know, it's it's totally, the way that they resolve, because they get into the mythology of how slayers were created and what a slayer really is. And at some point you realize that men created the slayer and have chained her to this duty, which is, you know, still an honor and really badass, but there wasn't much choice in it. Um, and they really, in ways that I felt were very unexpected, turned that on its head. That sounds awesome. I feel like that, if anything, is the best endorsement for the show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a recommendation for me. Um, so, we, I would like to thank Justine for... Yay! Thank you for in. having me. I love talking about the show. <laughs> um, hopefully we can get you back for some other stuff, or is it just Buffy? <laughs> Frank wants um, you to list all girls, your life. You know, I've watched that recently. Do you guys, are you guys going to do Veronica Mars? <gasps> That's such a good idea. <laughs> yes, now we are. <laughs> but I feel like I don't want to. We could do, do the, the Veronica. Beginning. We could do the Veronica Mars movie. Bam! Yes. Which I kick, helped kickstart. <laughs> <laughs> good on 
you. And then I got to sit in the movie theater and be like, I made this happen. <laughs> hey guys, if, if you didn't know, uh, Frank is now a movie producer. <laughs> it's like, like that, that one grips paycheck, like one hour of work paycheck came from me. My God, how much did you donate? $20. Right, grips get paid more than twenty dollars an hour. I don't know how the movie industry works. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Um. Well, yes. Thank you, Justine. And next week we'll be doing Buffy episodes three to six. Um, four to six. Four to six. Aaron will be on that episode, so there will be much less character recognition and <laughs> maybe a tentative grasp on the plot. <laughs> Um, and there'll be a special. I will be yelling into the ether. About it. <laughs> it's a study in contrast. The very dedicated to the marginally dedicated. Um, and we um, and we'll have a special. Uh, we have a special surprise for that episode. Oh, we're not going to put it at the front of this one. Okay, never mind. You heard the special surprise at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, thank you to Aaron who was at Comic Con and got Xander himself to do uh, eighteen girl talk promo. Frank and I got the text on Friday and freaked out. <laughs> we should have talked about this before. No, it's fine. Uh, I think, yes, thank know. you, Aaron. See you yeah. next week. <laughs> Sorry, we just should talk your plot synopsis. <laughs> uh, but, okay. Uh, I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. Justine, you wanna? Oh, I'm Justine. <laughs> oh, we can't, we can't do Team Coda now, because we made Justine say it. Oh, this is a mess. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, giving it all in. Um, and you know what? I'm going for it anyway. Team Coda. <laughs> Great. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.